You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new betters, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you're going to, too. Listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention for that big old beautiful gold trophy. That $1. And if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you're going to claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Wages paid out. Site credits restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, how is it going, everybody? What is Matt doing? He's wearing sunglasses while he's recording. Well, you <laughs> this might be distracting, but if you saw my eyeball right now, I... I'm just saving your keyboard because you don't want it covered in vomit. <laughs> Matt uh, had a sty, and I think if you go back in the last couple of episodes, you can take a peek at what that uh, disgusting thing looked like. But um, hey, it's uh, it's transformed into some hideous beast. So it's gotten to the point now, uh, while I'm taking medication, that uh, I don't want you to have to look at it. But uh, today, uh, <laughs> we're going to be going over... Uh, the Red Wings draft pick again. Um, and I thought I'd, I'd take a look at all the comments and, and tweets that we got and replies to taking a look at who we thought would be a realistic option at number six in the last report. So basically what we did was we took um, everybody uh, that, that has a mock draft, uh, a respectable mock draft to take a peek at. Uh, everything's listed on EliteProspects.com. They even have their consolidated rankings for, for draft pick choices. And we went through everybody's individual list, and uh, we saw that there was a, a different person at number six uh, for each mock draft or for each ranking of player, which meant to us there's a good possibility that anybody in that top ten is going to be landing with Detroit. Uh, much like the conversation, as we mentioned on that last episode, Steve Eiserman had with uh, Anzer Khan. Uh, of course, Anzer threw out there. We all know who number one and number two are going to be, and Eiserman said, I don't think you do. So anyway, <laughs> my conclusion in that episode was um, maybe we trade back and maybe we just increase the chances that we are going to land somebody huge. Uh, but a lot of you came back and said, no, no, no. We should go for a goaltender. And of course, uh, that would be Jasper Volstadt, uh coming out of Sweden. So I just I guess what I wanted to do today is just kind of 
play that game. Let's. Uh, I'm I'm pretty hard and fast of not drafting a goaltender in the first round, but let's make the case. Let's have some fun. Uh, and and specifically the case for the Detroit Red Wings. Um, doesn't make sense for us to do it uh, as opposed to should he just be you know in the top ten of the 2021 draft. So we'll answer those questions. We'll we'll, we'll, take, we'll take it slow here. Uh, but the first question I wanted to answer was, do you take Wall? Uh, I'm sorry, Ballstead at uh, 23 or 24 with, uh, of course, the second pick we're going to have in the first round uh, that came from the Washington Capitals. I can confidently say that I would take him at that point. Um, if he's fallen back that far, and uh, I would say just as evidence that it's possible, there's uh, the athletics mock draft where you had the top 15 picks and he was not picked up. Uh, a lot of reasons uh, that that comes, uh, I guess that that happened, uh, comes with everybody's fear. Uh, a lot of the risk that's involved with drafting a goaltender in the first round, what, the, what those implications are for salary and whatnot. And so basically what I'm saying is, there is a chance he falls that far. So we can just say there's that possibility that he could land at our, our second first round pick that we got from the Washington Capitals. And if that were the case, absolutely go ahead and take him. Uh, but if we take a look a little deeper into what I'm feeling about drafting a goaltender in the first round, I think there's, there's possibilities for success for those goaltenders drafted in the first round, but it's still not as lengthy or, or the, the turnaround uh, could be as consistent uh, even for the likes of, of Carey Price now, who's going into the conference finals in the playoffs. Um, it still hasn't been that great of a ride for Carey Price. Um, but let's, let me take a step back here. I mean, franchise goalies become a problem for the cap and, and the two biggest names to, to bring up are Carey Price um, and we could bring up Sergei Bobrovsky. We could also bring up Roberto Luongo when it comes to something like uh, going backward in time and taking a look at the Vancouver Canucks. And it's just you're 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 overpaying, or maybe you're meeting the value, the market value of what the goaltender is. Uh, but maybe that market value has been overpaid. You're you're talking about a guy that's not even going to play all your games. And the funny thing is, when he does play most of your games, or if he plays ninety percent of your games. That's the first excuse we come up with in the playoffs when that team fails. He was just too tired. So the game you almost have to play is you got to get your franchise goalie. You got to underplay him if you want to call it that. You got to make sure he doesn't play most of your games <laughs> because you don't want to tire him out. Because God forbid you have your franchise goalie. How is he going to be able to make it through the playoffs? So you got to have somebody to back him up. I, You know... And to me, that that seems to be the core of the problem. And that, that all comes back to those ideas that you you have paid this person if they're your franchise goalie as, as one of your top paid uh, players on the team, one of your top paid athletes. And right away, you you are you're going to tell this person either we're going to overwork you and, and play you every night uh, to make you earn that contract. Or you play it smart, and they're going to be playing less games. And and that brings up this idea of, of how much are you going to spend on a, a goaltender that isn't going to play your whole season. Um, the other problem with, with drafting a goalie that high, and, and there's so much value in a first-round pick, even if uh, we have the likes of Ayer Prashanth who can tell us, you know, there really isn't that much value in a first-round pick. There's just there's the rolling of the dice that you are, are more likely to land uh, a franchise player, an, an elite 
player in the first round. Um, but that that being said, you kind of want to you want to hold on to that for uh, the names that are going to pan out and and bring back more value. So you could hit on the idea that those goaltenders are not going to play 100% of your games. And I'm not asking them to. I'm just saying that's the reality. The other fact is you're going to spend a first round pick on a player who more than likely is going to be playing the position that requires the most amount of development and risk, a lot of risk, but the most development that any position needs. Even the best goaltenders come through on, on quite a bit of development or, or go on a track that even if they're going to go straight to the NHL, um, you're, you're going to play that game of, well, that's part of their development is figuring that out. Uh, and I think the number I landed on uh, when speaking with Ryan Lambert was four to six years of development. So you're spending a first round pick, which again, we put a lot of value on. Uh, sometimes it can get you, uh, I mean, even a second round pick can lead you Taylor Hall, right? Uh, but a first round pick can do a lot. It can do a lot in a, a trade scenario. So do you want to pick a guy who could go through that lengthy of a development stage? Um, I, I would also say too, specifically for the Red Wings. And again, this is this is me saying this is nothing against Wallstat. This is just me saying goaltenders in the first round in general are risky. Uh, but there's also a ton of holes the Red Wings specifically have to fill. So focusing on goaltender right now, it would cross something off the list, but we have so many things we need to cross off the list. And it's not like um, there aren't guys who can help us cross another position off the list and do so if we come back to the length of time it takes to develop in a shorter period of time, allowing us to figure out what that goaltender situation is as we move down the line, if that's going to be a free agent situation or a trade situation, we can figure that out in the meantime. Um, last couple points here. I want to come back to Kerry Price and Sergei Bobrovsky. Uh, Carey Price has that run from 2013 to 17, including, uh, you know, a Hart Trophy, uh, a lot of, a lot of all-star picks. Um, but besides that, it's a roller coaster of save percentages and, and goals against. And, and you can, you can make the argument that he hadn't had the best team around him, but you know why that happened it was because of the inflated salary. So while he's doing great right now, I think we all would have turned around and looked at the North division and said, well, there's your worst division in the playoffs right now, right? Um, especially considering the best team uh, was eliminated in the first round. That would be uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. So he's doing fantastic right now. If he wins a Stanley Cup, I think maybe this entire argument changes a little bit uh, because there's another name on the other side that uh, we'll talk about as, as a reason to draft uh, Jasper uh, that could be going for his second straight Stanley Cup. But as we stand right now, Having a franchise goaltender and Carey Price has not meant a Stanley Cup. And in fact, all it does is turn around and, and become more problems if you look at the media's take on who Carey Price is and what his salary looks like and what exactly you can get from Carey Price. Uh, look at the the player polls. You want to have him in a game seven. Everybody picks, you know, who's the goaltender you want? You pick Carey Price. But the joke surrounding that is how often is Carey Price been in that situation? Uh, I mean, the last name here, Sergei Bobrovsky. I mean, come on. Need I say more? Uh, that, that could be the problem you run into where you really are ready to pay for your goaltender. And um, there, there they go. They're in, <laughs> the wheels just run right off uh, the body of that, that car. And uh, you're, you're stuck with a massive contract uh, because you were ready to go all in on your, on your franchise goaltender. 
And, uh, you know, you wanted to make a statement and it just, it just didn't pan out. And that, 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 that could look to be hurting uh, the Florida Panthers for years to come, but it's not all doom and gloom. There, there are reasons to draft Jesper Bostad. And I do hesitate as I make sure I put the V on the W here for Jesper. Um, let's go back to the other goaltender who might get two Stanley cups in a row here. Could Steve Eiserman be putting himself in the position where he drafted Andre Vasilevsky uh, to be the franchise goaltender for the Tampa Bay Lightning? Is that what he's going to be looking for in the 2021 draft? So this is flipping that conversation. You look at Carey Price, sure, that's a problem. Look at Andre Vasilevsky on the cap, sure, that's a problem. It also has gotten them a Stanley Cup, and it looks like they're on their way for two straight. So you can make the argument about what the Tampa Bay Lightning did from the perspective of the cap and maybe possibly cheating, but <laughs> just throw that away for a second because it got them a Stanley Cup. So whatever the argument you want to make, there's also the issues of we weren't anticipating a flat cap and the Tampa Bay Lightning may have, you know, finagled a little bit more than, than they should have been allowed to. Uh, but Hey, hate, uh, I, I say hate the game, not, the, not the player. Uh, and game is the one that created those rules. Player figures out how to manipulate it. That's, that's the game's problem, not theirs. Uh, so that's that argument right there. Is you, you just look at what Steve Eisman had done in the past with the lightning. Go right ahead and do it. That's that's your evidence that it can work. But we also know a lot of teams have tried it in the past, and, and it hasn't. Uh, Red Wings do have a lot of goaltender prospects, uh, but not enough to feel super confident about. So you start at this the, the top of this list, and I, I do think it does make sense uh, to take a look at uh, Keith Petrozelli. Uh, playing for uh, Quinnipiac in the NCAA he, he's somebody that has just continued to get better and better. And um, I, I think that is, is really a true staple in, in development is to see somebody just continue to get better as they move through. Uh, you know, he's going through the USHL. He's posting a 918 save percentage, goes to the NCAA, struggles a little bit, moves up from 892 back in 2017-18, uh, and in the 2020, uh, 2021 season, he plays 29 games, second most amount of games he's played in the NCAA. And uh, he's got a 189 goals against and a 926 save percentage. Now, some people have said some of that comes along with uh, the team surrounding him is uh, maybe a little bit better. But still, this this is a cat that when the shots are facing him, he's knocking him away. He's also six foot five, 185 pounds right now as it stands. And... What did we we just talked about four to six years in development drafted in 2017 uh this puts him right in range of getting that shot um so Keith Petrozelli is certainly one to keep an eye on and he's one that I might have expected to see I, I guess I guess already given his shot or uh, at least given a contract Joran van Potelberg is the next guy on my list here. And I, I think this is another guy who's who's gone down um, in the last few years and just continued to improve. So uh, if if you take a look at the uh, 20 season for him, 916 save percentage, um, he actually does drop a tad going down to 914, but at least we've got some consistency. But it's in the playoffs uh, where he played a couple of games and threw up a 925 save percentage and a 1.77 goals against. Um, to me, I mean, that's, 
that's th those are the key games. So that's where you're looking at this and going, all right, guy, guy knows what's up. Uh, he's also 24. Uh, he's six foot three, 187 pounds. Drafted in 2015. So we're talking about waiting all these years to develop. He's definitely in that range where you got to give him a shot sooner or later. So here's the thing. Point I'm coming to, and again, this is the case to draft Falstead, is that those are our two best guys. And and last year we drafted uh, Jan Bednash. Uh, he's posting at an 894, and he's he's certainly not on his way to that four to six years. So if those are our two best guys, arguably, uh, on our list of goaltender prospects, and and there's there's some other guys in here that are 27 years old. Um, Calvin Picard is still listed on this list. Um, I'm sorry, Pickard. That if those are your two best guys and they're still not getting those contracts, there's something that uh, the scouting team is seeing or maybe not seeing, and that's why they're not getting those contracts. So I, I would say if if those numbers were enough to get our <laughs> our team excited, which again we're we're notorious for having a ton of goaltender prospects, just not any that are that great. Uh, if those numbers weren't enough to turn heads. Maybe there's something else there. That's that's why they're not getting that shot. So there's there's your opportunity to pull in your number one goaltender prospect. Um, so I, I like that as probably the number one reason to go ahead. And, and we're getting away from drafting a goalie in the first round. And we're saying, let's draft Jesper Falstead. Um, he shoots to the top of your prospect list. And that that's not bad. Uh, we also have to look at this year's draft. If you're going to take a shot in the first round on a goaltender, you absolutely have to look at who else is in in, uh, in the rankings here. And when you take a look at um, what we did last week, where we're trying to look at 1 to 10 and see who's who's reasonable. And even Owen Power can't stick to the top of uh, these draft lists. So that, that tells me if you don't have your for sure like top two guys, top three, top four, uh, it, it's not necessarily anything against them and their skill, but I think it definitely puts you in the range where there's enough doubt going around the rest of the 2021 draft prospects that this might be that, that year where you take a shot on a goaltender. If we're going to consistently, uh, as a show, make the argument that goaltenders are a t come with a ton of risk, then you'd have to assume that the rest of these prospects come with a ton of ri risk if we can't come up with a for sure list of a top 10. Um, the other thing, if we go a little bit deeper into the Volstead, yeah, I, I highly recommend you guys do a bit of reading on him too, because what, what keeps coming up is his mind and his, uh, veteran-like decision-making, uh, because elite prospects does list him. He, he's got lower skill ratings, uh, than the likes of Spencer Knight and Yaroslav Askarov, uh, drafted in the last, the last two first round draft pick goaltender prospects, uh, the skill ratings are lower. So that that right there puts me, like the first thing that pops in my head is, it, is this just the goaltender we want to put in the first round or does he actually deserve it? But if he does have that strong head screwed on, there's so much room to develop this guy into getting, you know, taking what he has and especially what's been successful in the likes of the SHL, what's been successful in the under 20 tournaments, um, which is, you know, that's your top level tournament right there uh, for the international side from a prospect perspective, you see the success there. And maybe we just haven't seen uh, that, that skill rating properly assessed uh, by elite prospects. So you just come back to this guy having the head on straight, head on right, screwed on properly. And 
right there, you can say this guy's going to learn. He's he's a teachable prospect. And I, I think ultimately that's probably one of the biggest things you can get out of a prospect is, uh, number one, you'd, you'd hope that they're going to be humble, which we read a lot last week of, of different guys who are pretty humble. But having that, that head screwed on correctly and knowing that they're going to be able to identify issues in their own game and respect the coaches enough that when they hear there's some more issues, they're going to make the adjustments. So for me, that that's a top level attribute coming coming through a player is is that idea that they're going to respect those coaches decisions respect the coaches ideas uh for improvement and and move along with them uh and and the last thing here too is i i have to go back and forth on what did i say is a reason you don't draft a goaltender well it's the length uh draft a goaltender in the first round length of time you need to develop these guys and the amount of risk involved with every goaltender draft pick and the amount of time you're going to have to spend developing them could go four to six years. You, you say to yourself, all right, well, I could know these other players, these other forwards and defensemen are going to, I'm going to know sooner if they're worth taking, uh, you know, a full contract on. I'm going to know that way sooner than I'm going to know anything about this goaltender. So that gives more first round uh, value to those other positions. But coming back to Jesper, he has played above his age group since he was 13. And by that, I mean, if he's in, if he's 13, he's playing with under 17s kind of thing. So it, it became this game of, well, there's no point in letting him play with other 13 year olds because he's going to absolutely destroy. So how do we connect the dots there? Well, we say that he's going to move through this track of development where we say four to six years. Maybe there's that possibility you're knocking a couple of years off, especially when we come back and we're building this case here that he has his head screwed on, right? So if he's going to be listening to his, his coaches, maybe better than other players that are out there, he's shown he can be successful from a statistics point of view, from a win-loss perspective, from save percentage perspective. But you also see that he's playing above where he was supposed to play at every age. <laughs> he moves through these different systems, moves through different leagues, in different tournaments, and he's found success that to me right there just tells me you can take that shot and there's probably a little bit of that risk is, is brought down. It's uh, you're mitigating a, a little bit of that risk, knowing that he's taken some steps forward quicker than other goaltenders in his age range. So in the end, what you're seeing here is a, a, a case of don't draft a goaltender in the first round, which I'm very guilty of digging my heels in. But if I were to make that case, of why to draft him. I think we've come up with enough points here to, to have it make sense. But, uh, you know, a couple other points here. If we go we go into the likes of, uh, take a look at The Athletic, and they, they did their own uh, mock draft for anybody that was going to be a lottery pick. Um, we have uh, the Red Wings taking William Eklund, um, which I actually guessed that that was going to be our pick as well, considering all the connections with the SHL and Sweden. That also... This is the same game we'd play with Volstead. Um, <laughs> but nobody took Volstead in that top 15. And it was Corey Pronman that I think was the holder of that mock draft. And he listed that as the biggest surprise. That there was not a goaltender taken in that top 15. And a lot of that comes with the stigma of a goaltender in the first round. So I, I respect it quite a bit. But Pronman came back, Corey Pronman, and said, I can't believe this happened. And 
NHL scouts went as far to say that he's not only going to be in this top 15, he's going to be in the top 10. And, and they went as far as to guarantee it. And while there, there was a ton of respect going around for that list of 15 players that were drafted, Owen Power going number one, Eklund going number six, that affects us a little bit more. Um, that's where they said everybody got it wrong because somebody's going to miss up on whatever those top 15 picks were. You're going to pull out your guy, drop in Volstead, boom. There you go. <laughs> so uh, I, I just... I still find it hard because of the salary implications of having your franchise goalie. If the market changed and we knew it was going to change uh, to reflect how many games were going to be played by a goaltender, I would a thousand percent be more willing to do this because you could lock up, you know, 50 out of your 82 games of having your franchise goaltender. And, you know, going back to that argument too, I made about even if you give your goaltender 70 games, Second, your team's knocked out of the playoffs. That's the first thing they come back to. Well, of course, he's knocked out. He was tired. And and what's the other the other flip side is, are you going to jump into the playoffs after letting your goaltender play 70 games and then give him a rest and bring in your backup goaltender in the playoffs? No, you're not going to do that. You're paying this other guy $10 million. And we know that $10 million is just going to go up. So the only thing, the only thing that makes this easier, I think, going forward and uh, the, the knowledge of um, you know, what, what we have now and uh, where the market value is, is if, is if it maybe stayed, um, if it plateaued, if we could know going forward that it was going to plateau and that nine and a half, the $10 million that if Volstead is successful, that's, you know, and if he was successful now, you, you'd hope that he was so good that he would get paid as much as Vasilevsky. Um, if that stayed, if that plateaued and we knew the cap was going to continue to rise, absolutely go for it. But we know that's not the case. We know the numbers are going to go up. And it, there's there's also so many different instances, especially here in Detroit. I mean, we're looking at Jonathan Bernier right now playing his cojones off. And he's like the deal of the century for Detroit. If you go back and look at our Stanley Cups, we didn't draft Dominic Hasek. Certainly Chris Osgood is not a guy who's going to ever be earning $10 million. And I love Chris to death because of the type of guy uh, that he was and, and would have a bad game and come back and shut you out the next night. But ah, doggone it. I, I, I struggle to say that he's a, a Hall of Fame goaltender as a huge Red Wings fan. I, I don't think it'll ever happen. And even go back to Mike Verdon, sub 900 save percentage um, for, for most of that career and even in the years with the Red Wings. Um, so I mean, we are the team that that pretty much wrote the book on winning Stanley Cups and not having your franchise goaltender. So take that. I, I, I mean, it's I, me growing up as a Red Wings fan. That's what I learned is you don't need the franchise goaltender. You need everything else around them. You need your franchise defenseman. You need the captain. You need the magic man. Don't really need the goaltender. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, uh, I get a little cocky with it. I do apologize for that. I think when it comes down to it, I still don't want to see Volstead. I think if I had to pick between drafting a forward or defenseman, drafting Volstead or trading back, my my ranking right now is trade back, draft forward or defenseman, draft Volstead. Does happen. I've said before, there's a lot of things that could happen in this draft. I'm not really going to be upset with any of them because the the rankings, again, 
there's so many variables. I think uh, everything's razor thin. And I think we are taking maybe not a giant step beneath first round talent from years past. But with all those variables thrown in there, we could be looking again at a top 10 where it's very difficult to see, you know, 70% of those guys hit. And that's not me talking. Those are, that's the experts. That's, you know, NHL GMs making their comments to TSN or making their comments to Bob McKenzie about how worried they are about this draft and how little they've seen these guys. Um, so you toss, you toss all that in together and I say, just get more draft picks and you'll have a better shot at landing someone, you know? Um, all right. With that, thanks for tuning in. I'm ranting. I'm wearing sunglasses. Jeez, Pete, uh, do you guys not want to see this eyeball right now? Um, I'm probably going to get in trouble for recording this, too, because um, I should probably just be resting and relaxing. But uh, thank thank y'all for tuning in. Another uh, crazy episode without my brother. Uh, these will probably continue as I find out he's, uh, he's on a little vacation. So um, where I promised these would end soon. Uh, so far, there's no end in sight, but I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. Um, trying to make the case on Jesper Ballstead. You guys can take everything I said. Use that in your arguments. Uh, highly recommend it. Uh, and make sure you send them to Red Wings Rant, whoever you're speaking to, so they know uh, where you got all this great information from. But um, <laughs> on top of that, uh, keep coming back as we continue to break down the draft. We're going to continue to break down the free agency. We'll, we'll continue to see who's got contracts right now and who's going to fit in. Uh, in the upcoming season and uh you know as breaking news comes through we'll update you on that too and maybe uh move forward we'll have a little bit of stanley cup talk um as the red wings are very far from sniffing it uh sniffing that silver polish uh not, not any chance of getting that on their fingertips anytime soon but thanks for tuning in everybody uh if you haven't yet subscribed please to the youtube channel I greatly appreciate it i almost said highly recommend it you know what both uh, also check us out on all your podcast platforms and um, yeah uh, normal schedule Monday through Thursday and thank you DraftKings for sponsoring the show it's promo code THPN and uh, I think that's it at BOD Hockey for Twitter at brothers underscore of underscore discussion for Instagram thanks for tuning in everybody have a good one <laughs>